0: We're lovely, we're lovely, Follow me down, deep down, we're lovely. Yeah, wheat's the killer. Mm.
1: i love a bit of sourdough. Oh God, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Food. we we're, we're lovely.
0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Where Love Lives, a new podcast hosted by me. Doctor, DJ, author, Lulu LeVay. This isn't a podcast dedicated to romantic love, but instead it explores life's pleasures and meaningful connections through conversation with a wide range of creatives. Last month, I had the absolute delight of interviewing Colleen Cosmo Murphy. She was fantastic to have in for a chat. If you missed it, don't worry, you can go back and listen again, as there were plenty of giggles about all sorts of silly things, including wild weeing during DJ sets. This third episode features yet another DJ wonderkind. Joanne Joseph, otherwise known as Smoking Joe. Jo has been DJing since 1990 and now teaches yoga, and she's very, very good at it. Trust me, my bum cheeks know. This interview was recorded just when lockdown was lifting, so it's been absolutely marvellous to see how busy Jo has been. She's been having a right old giggle playing at festivals all over the place, so some of the lockdown references may be a little bit out of context. I love this interview. Interview with Jo. She's extremely warm, good-humoured and open and I thank her for sharing some very moving insights about her life. This interview is a great example of why nightlife culture and music are so important in forming meaningful inclusive communities which we discuss while exploring the things she loves. Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast with your friends, and check out all the links to Joe and me in the show description. Enjoy. We're lovely, yeah. So hi, so today we have the lovely Smoking Joe with us today on Where Love Lives.
1: Hello, Joe. Hi, Lulu. How are you? I'm really well, actually. Thanks. I wasn't too well last week, but I, oh I, no, what happened? I, I got on? a sinus infection.
0: And oh God, what, it wasn't the dreaded rona. No, obviously
1: you think the worst, don't you? But it was fine after a few antibiotics, so I'm just coming through the other end. That's good. <laughs> so so
0: you actually teach yoga, and just to let the listeners know, I just went and did Joe's class <laughs> for the first time in real life. I did do a Zoom class um, a few months ago, but it was very hard.
1: <laughs> challenging, the word is. Oh yeah, challenging,
0: <laughs> sorry. So I'm I'm still in my yoga gear and <laughs> aching a little bit. But it was really good. Tell us about the yoga. Let's just, how did you get into that?
1: I was going out with a yoga teacher probably about 15 years ago, and he sort of got me into it, and I started um, doing it a little bit with him. And with all the travelling and the late nights and the DJing, I knew I needed to kind of come down and get a bit healthy. So that was really good for that. And then I kind of continued doing it all the all the last, you know, last 15 years. And the lot, and six years ago, I just thought, oh, do you know what? why don't I just do the training? It'd be, so, it'd be nice to try and do something else. And for me, it's a bit of the same energy I get from the, the DJing. It's like giving something to people, making them happy. Totally Feel good that. kind of thing. Oh, so, well, yeah. you
0: say feel good. <laughs> I, I, might, <laughs> I might feel good, good in, in a, an hour or so. Yeah. But what, I mean, before we, we go into it in a bit more depth, because I know yoga is one of your loves mm. for, for this podcast. You threw in, there were some moves in the class today that I wasn't familiar with and I have been doing yoga for a few years mm. so how did you create those moves and what were they
1: exactly well you haven't got names really but I think it's because it's, it's a dynamic flow that I teach and because I was trained as a dancer I kind of mix certain elements in and I think yoga obviously is amazing but it can get repetitive doing the same thing so I just try and change it up a little bit when you move dynamically you move in and out of poses so you can kind of change it up and it just makes it a bit more interesting and also makes your mind work because then suddenly you're like oh what's this I have not you know your oh yeah that's yeah, what I have I,
0: I was like what is this I yeah, haven't done this before yeah
1: it sort of helps you to use your mind and body at the same time rather than kind of. It, I mean the point of yoga is to go into that meditative state where you're just flowing but it's nice to come out of that state sometimes and actually think about what you're doing
0: I was very impressed I've got to say oh thank I mean, you do you find it um, a bit weird not weird or uncomfortable if there's people you know in your class
1: <laughs> it's an odd one I kind of feel like oh my god because <laughs> I, I felt mean, a little
0: you know, bit like oh no I don't uh, want to let her down by doing it really badly. Oh, no. Not no, no, you
1: know? No, 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 it's fine. It's lovely. It's nice. But it's a
0: different context for you, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. you must have had people who've seen you DJ who come to your class. Yeah. That's not too weird. No. no, actually,
1: one of the women today said at the end, oh, I, re- I think I realise who you are now. And I said, Abitha. she's like, yeah.
0: Oh, my God, that's so funny. Is that what she was saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so obviously the the podcast is about the things that people love outside of romantic relationships. <laughs> so yoga is an obvious one. So let's like go into that in a bit more depth. Mm. So you got into it. So was there a, a, a kind of a, an easy transition from your DJ life into yoga or was there a moment that you realized that it was something you wanted to do? Between? Yeah,
1: I think it was is it, it, a point in my life where I was just trying to slow the DJing down a bit because I couldn't keep travelling all the time. It was killing me. And I wanted to spend more time in the UK. And so... What sort of time frame are we looking at here? How oh, six ago? years ago. Oh, only, six only six years, years ago okay. that I did I the thought training. I right, no, okay. Yeah, so six years I did the training and then luckily I had time to do it. it. It took six months. So I was still gigging, but sometimes I'd have to rock up to the the course you know after a very late night absolutely hanging yeah like (laughs) oh "Oh no god what am I doing and everyone's like look at the state of you sort of thing (laughs) but um, the course was fantastic where where did you do it I did it in London with an English teacher called Claire Missingham and um, I could have gone to India or something like that but I didn't want to do one of those full on one month courses because Mm. to me it's not right you can't learn something in a month so six months very in depth knowledge of like esoteric kind of things anatomy it's almost like you're trained to be a doctor and obviously the yoga philosophy, and it was fascinating. It was so interesting, and my practice obviously went up a level because you're practicing nearly every day. And when you do the final exam, you do probably five classes back to back in a row because you're, oh my you're, God. you're taking everyone else. So you class. obviously
0: you were doing, you were a yoga person before. You taught, you were learning to be a teacher.
1: I was, yeah. I mean, I was. I, pro- I don't think at the time I did my my um, course, I was probably advanced enough, but. I had a passion for it and a love for it and I just wanted to learn. So they were like, look, you can see that you've got, you know, your strength and everything. So it was OK. And it's a bit like driving. You don't really get to, to drive properly until you've passed your test and you've driven for a year. Yeah. So, so it's the same thing. A few years to really get into your flow of your practice. But I absolutely love teaching. It's a lot of work. I mean, considering... There's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of prep. As a DJ, yeah, obviously you've well, got to you get your music. DJ, you prep, right? but you kind of rock up and you can be in any kind of state and you can mm. DJ. But for this, you've got to be on it. You have to be very, very aware. And, you know, you're trying to give uh, experience to people and it's a spiritual one as well. So... I put a lot of music, music, I put a lot of prep into the music. I can a see. A lot yeah. of prep. I could, and, I could yeah. hear it, yeah. yeah, thanks. And the sequencing as well. So, yeah, to do that one hour. And the hour, timing as well. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, I'm very anal when it comes to all of that.
0: So, I mean, obviously, from the, you said, so from, you know, travelling a lot and touring and all this stuff, I mean, was there a moment you just thought, I have to switch this up? Or was it just a, a sort of gradual sort of transition?
1: it was a it was a gradual one but one that was glaringly obvious I would sit when I was living in Ibiza, just in the airport another delayed flight another lost oh God, bag they're, they're
0: the worst one oh,
1: and my poor friends I would just phone them up and moan and they're like Joe so you are just miserable I'm like I know I'm sitting here what am I doing so and thought, people
0: think it's such a glamorous they night. they
1: do and obviously it is you know you get to the gig and all that falls away it's fantastic mm. but what I said before is you get paid for the travel not for the mm. for the gig and so the traveling was wearing and I just thought. Yeah, you know, where, can I actually? I thought, can I keep DJing forever? And I did have a, a few months where I thought, maybe I can't, maybe I do need to stop. And this is why I'll do the yoga and I can transition. And then once I started teaching the yoga, I was like, there's no way I'm giving up DJing. I love it too much. And I don't get paid enough as a yoga teacher. I <laughs> know well, no, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, but it's the same energy and passion I have for both. And I get the same back. So it feels very fluid to me i mean i guess yeah. you're kind
0: of reading is it the same kind of skill set reading a room and kind all of, that?
1: of thing yeah i mean prepping the music so that it takes you on a bit of a journey and just feeling the energy when it's a busier class when you've got that kind of feeling in the room it's amazing so has that atmosphere changed through obviously the covid yeah restrictions? unfortunately it has because the rooms are well segregated there well, there uh, are <laughs> there um Social the old distance. people on the right, the yeah. young
0: people on the left.
1: There's social distance, so it. I was on the le- right, by the way, yeah. with the old
0: people.
1: <laughs> it's a lot less people in the room, yeah. and also uh, with TriYoga, you're teaching online at the same time, so you've got to give energy it's to people. It's a very slick
0: operation. Yeah,
1: it's great actually, and it's nice that you can do the online thing because that kept me going, to be honest, in lockdown. Of it, if I hadn't had that, I mean, I do I worry and wonder what happened to the people that just DJ in lockdown because. Well, wow. I mean, I've
0: spoken to quite a few people, yep. and there's been a lot of mental health
1: God, issues yeah. with,
0: with p- precisely with people who DJ full time, and that's their main thing. Yeah. I mean, imagine having that taken away, and then you're left to deal with all these kind of difficult, as we talked about before, um, over a coffee, dealing with difficult emotions. For me personally, yoga is a really good way to place them somewhere. Hmm. So it's really good that you have you've had that over the last year and a half.
1: Yeah, it's been a lifesaver because it gave me a little focus direction i put all my effort and Mm. love into my classes where when i couldn't dj and i didn't even touch my decks i think for about eight months i was just so upset and i just couldn't be bothered i thought what's the point so it was was very hard so you're lucky to have had that yes yeah yeah yeah, so
0: so i mean obviously it's been a difficult year and i know this is very time sensitive by the time we're recording this the government just announced they're pushing uh, opening lockdown fully for another month. Mm. So this has affected you quite directly. Yeah, it it
1: has, unfortunately, because I had all these gigs booked in and, you know, we waited for the 21st of June and then they all started preparing and now it's been just pulled away and it's really, really upsetting. And I mean, okay, I understand it. I I can't, you know, it's kind of, there are bigger things happening in the world, but you are really looking forward to getting back out there and you need the money, to be honest, so yeah it's well bit, work is work isn't it yeah 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 and I played at a social distance event last weekend in Liverpool two two days I did that and it was so much fun and just being back out there and doing what you love it's just you f- if you forget a little bit who you are you kind of like oh yeah yeah this is it this is it I
0: understand I mean do you feel like did you have a bit of a sort of confidence loss at all well what was your first real life gig after after being in lockdown
1: oh um I can't remember. <laughs> I know you did
0: the glitter box on digital Oh Yeah, the thing. digital
1: thing. That was the online. Mm. There's been a couple of social distance ones and no, were fantastic. Mm. It's just like, oh my
0: so God. So that feeling like when you're DJing and then if you're teaching a yoga class, are they similar kind of feelings, that kind of rash kind of thing?
1: Definitely. I mean, mm. obviously the DJing is a bit more heightened because of all, all the crowd, but it's the same thing with a good class. Yeah, it's that sharing and the kind of vibe and the... I mean, uplifting. I was wondering,
0: like, do you think, like, your DJing, your style of DJing has changed since you became a yoga teacher?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. Um, no. no. Do you not <laughs> my do pro- n- Probably my yoga teacher.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, your yoga teaching has changed, maybe. The
1: for pause for I do tend to play a bit of house music sometimes. Which
0: is great. Yeah. But it's actually because I often, if I'm doing a long set, sometimes I'll do like a really simple yoga pose behind the decks. Yeah, Have really? you ever done that? But I, I get backache. I do the tricks, That's yeah. quite easy to do behind the decks, because oh. I just get like because I get a bit of a sore back. I bet you down do down. after all that time. I wonder <laughs> what would happen if you integrated that into your, one of your next sets. <laughs> I read that you you studied meditation somewhere. So mm-hmm. obviously meditation is is a big part of yoga. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean this is
1: a long time ago. I went to the Buddhist Centre and mm. did a. Where was that? In, in... Um, Notting Hill, that one. Um, it's a nice mm-hmm. one. I think it was free as well, actually. And, yeah, it's lovely getting to just be still. I mean, meditation is something very hard to grasp for a lot of people. And it's just that point where nothing is happening and you're just there and that's fine. But it's hard to switch off, isn't it? So it's very hard. Different techniques that you can use really help. And it's a shame because in your normal yoga class, the ones I do are not really long enough to fit in a meditation. And it's really important, to be honest. I think people don't don't realise that that's part of the whole thing is meditation. So, yeah, sitting for at least minimum 10 minutes a day would be amazing for you. It just calms your mind, makes you more grounded. It's. Um, so
0: do you do that yourself then every day? I
1: try to. Um Yeah, when there's lots of different apps you can get now that help you, the kind of guided ones for people who struggle with it. But if you can connect to your breath and just settle down, it's just it's just really hard. I find it really hard because my
0: mind is like even in yoga, when I'm trying to like zone out, Mm. zone in rather, my mind is spinning around all sorts of things.
1: Chitta vritti, it's the chatter of the mind. Oh, what uh, say that again? Chitta vritti. Oh,
0: sounds like a (laughs) an ice cream or something.
1: Yeah, it's it's it takes time. Just have to be patient, you know. So how long was your meant how what, what kind of course was it? It it was just a, a um the mindfulness of breathing it's called and you listen to your breath and you just listen to the breath coming in the body and out and the sensations and it just kind of
0: Mm, Sounds nice. Mm. So when like hopefully when everything does open up again and if you do get like a really busy schedule again, what would you would you go for the the busy schedule or would you find a way of balancing from your learnings from yoga and meditation?
1: I think I definitely won't do the full on busy busy, Mm. but I don't think I'll get that busy anyway. I think it's just a nice, happy medium. I cannot get on a flight every single weekend. No, don't want to do
0: that. So, what's your ideal gig then? Like, what would be your ideal situation if you could literally plan it out, like your your a schedule over a month? What would it look? Like? No,
1: just a lovely lots of outdoor gigs, daytime. I don't have to oh, stay up yes. late. <laughs> Somewhere hot would be lovely by a beach or some like nice view. You know? Oh yeah, you
0: know, a daytime gig.
1: Daytime. And then
0: a bit of yeah, And then you can get up early and do yoga the next yeah, day. Exactly. That a little pool rough.
1: party or something like that.
0: So obviously, you know, doing yoga builds strength for DJing, but also, like, the, the you know, keeping your body fit through dance is something you're also really passionate about. Yeah. And I you mean, put that down as one of your loves. Yeah. So tell us about that. It, it
1: is a love. I mean, I started ballet when I was about three or four, and I loved the classical music, and then as I carried on dancing through my whole childhood and got a scholarship to the London Contemporary Dance Theater. I didn't know that. Yeah because I wanted to be a dancer when I was a kid. I love moving. It was, I didn't have a, the greatest upbringing and, um, being able to dance was freedom for me and just moving around. And it was very natural. And then suddenly house music came along and I just threw it all in the dancing. Cause I was too busy partying, but I love it. And, um,
0: so were you like a professional
1: dancer? I would well, like have, I would have, I would have been. That was the aim. Yeah, I was doing shows and stuff. So let's
0: go back to yeah. like when you were doing ballet three or four. Can you like have you got any key memories
1: about that period? I just remember being in this little tutu. <laughs> have you got any pictures? I don't, you know. And oh I think I'm not a girly girl at all. So I didn't... What think, colour was it? It was pink. It, it was, was pink. Oh, my oh, goodness. No, I know, no Little bunches.
0: Oh, my God. We have <laughs> to find the photos.
1: <laughs> and I just remember this old studio, wooden floor and the bars and the teacher. like you know, So who
0: took you there? Was that one of your parents? No,
1: no. I, I mean, I was brought up in a children's home. So it, it was kind of one of those things that they just took you along to. So were there a few and,
0: of you kids?
1: Uh, I don't know if anyone else did it. I think it might have just been me actually but um it's a very repetitive ballet you have to just do these same movements all the time but it's very freeing and because of the music so amazing I think that's what was the, the, the thing that kept me there just lovely classical music um yeah and jumping around the place oh
0: my god I mean were you excited every time you were oh god
1: there? yeah absolutely loved it I loved it, I loved Because you
0: it. said that, I remember, because I've interviewed you before a couple of times actually, you said you didn't really listen to music properly until you were about seven
1: or eight. That's right, about 10. ten. Because because in the children's home it was a very bizarre place. They didn't let you listen to music. Um,
0: Which seems really strange. Yeah,
1: but they didn't, I don't think they even had any. It was no. a case of Sunday school carols or something. Or I had the classical music in the um, ballet lessons. So, so classical
0: yeah. music, well that was your first introduction yeah, to music, I it guess. it was,
1: yeah. And then later on in life, uh, ten onwards, I ha- I found I could hear music from then. So. I mean that must have been like
0: <laughs> a revelation. Oh
1: God, yeah! I was just like, what
0: is? Was this? it on the radio? How did he first access it?
1: My mum had some Motown and some reggae, so I'd listen to those. Your mind must yeah. have been blown. It was blown, and um, I was living in Notting Hill at that point, so I'd go down to Portbella Road and um, go to the record shops and buy little seven inches and stuff, and just started listening to the radio. And making my tapes and all the rest of
0: it. What was the first seven inch you brought? Can you remember? Diana
1: Ross upside down. Oh, good. <laughs> that was it with that lovely photo of her, the black and white one. She's got her hands in her jeans and I thought, oh, I want to yeah. be her. Oh. I've ever kept wetting my head to make it look <laughs> like it.
0: What about classical? I mean, do you still listen to classical music? I love
1: it. I mean, I have a lot of classical music in my yoga classes at the end. Mm. Maybe today there wasn't any, but um, generally, yeah. Anything with piano or something I is beautiful
0: so tell us a bit more about like were you just going to clubs to dance or was oh yeah in the end kind
1: of... after I did a few shows the contemporary shows um which I loved it, 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 again it's the music you get in these shows and you're dancing to this amazing music and you're on a stage and you so w- w- what kind
0: of places were you performing? like Sadler's Wells oh really stuff like that
1: yeah um I can't remember the other ones um uh,
0: right up until what age were oh
1: it's not it was 17 18 something yeah, like that all right
0: that's also keeping you really, f- so obviously fitness and freedom. Yeah. Two things which you, you get through yoga definitely. and also through DJing. So mm. trying to like piece it all together, really. It's
1: definitely the same feelings. And then when I started clubbing, then I got a few podium dance sort of jobs. I thought, oh, I can do that. You okay. did? Yeah, I okay. go. Where was that? Um, I think I was doing them at Heaven.
0: Amazing um, on the podium, the one of the podium. one of the dancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went dancing in a martini
1: glass like they do no, at Ibiza. No, no, I've was, seen that. Oh my god, that <laughs> no, was more at Pasha, I think it was. Yeah, I loved a bit of podium dancing. Um, so
0: what kind of? How do you get trained for that? Do you just think? No, just you do don't. You just do it.
1: Whatever, we just just go for it, don't
0: you? So you were doing that before you were a professional DJ. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I was modelling, doing a bit of podium dancing, and then I mean, um, where, where else did it?
0: you do your podium dancing? I don't even
1: remember. There were lots of different clubs.
0: I mean, that must have been a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: embarrassing. Yeah, it was great. Don't it, it was great. It was fun. <laughs> what kind of, I'm, I'm
0: curious now, like, what kind of outfits? Oh, like they? the
1: usual skimpy shorts. Yeah. or, or top or something. Do you, you just know? get tipped? No. 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 I mean, because it was so sort of ravey then as well. It wasn't like now, There's I think. No they, they're very, Yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. sexual. It wasn't yeah. you were just up there because you were a good dancer and they just wanted to see you go for it, you know.
0: I mean, that's what good. I mean, a fair enough income, really.
1: Yeah, it was nice. It was good for you know, twenty-year-old, whatever. We're lovely, yeah. we're lovely. Going in
0: from dancing into DJing. I mean, how did that happen? So we are kind of progressing through this journey.
1: So I was going out pretty much every night of the week, and I was working in a shop. In Newburgh Street, not far from where we are now. Was it, was it the Jean Paul Gautier shop? Yeah, the yeah. Junior Gautier. Yeah. And um, this is just the height of the eighties, really. And um, I started to DJ in the shop opposite. I sneak over there and play on their decks. And um, oh, what was the shop? Bond. It was called. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm um, obviously Black Market was close by, so I'd spend my afternoons shopping for records, and then just practiced and then started selling my tapes in the shop. And yeah, just got some gigs from that, really.
0: I mean, and trade was your first spot, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: luckily the manager of the shop was best friends with one of the DJs, and he was sick. And they said, "It's oh,
0: what you know, and and exactly. who you know." And
1: he, no, that would never happen these days. Oh, my mate's mm. sick, so can this one just turn up and play? Yeah, sure. You know that wouldn't happen now, would it? So there's me, never played anywhere in my life. Main floor trade. I think the trade had only been open for a few weeks, so.
0: I mean, it's a great place to cut your DJ yeah, teeth. Yeah,
1: which I did. It was a real. Um, learning curve. And
0: you told me a brilliant story about how you yeah. fell asleep on the
1: next once. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me bringing that up. That's so good. Well, you know, those were hedonistic days and <laughs> there's quite a lot of pill popping going on.
0: <laughs> so you fell asleep and then what happened? Well, the record
1: ran out, obviously. Everyone was like, Ugh, and I was like, what? <laughs> OK.
0: There's quite a lot of parallels between growing up in a children's home and this freedom to dance mm. and this the, this music right, reminds me of kind of like the David Mancuso, The Loft Days. Okay. Because he he grew up in a children's home as well and kind right. of his love for DJing came from this kind of environment mm. and this, uh, this idea of being free. Free, yeah. Like a child and you talked about that in the yoga class this morning about yeah. this idea of, I'm probably going to say it wrong, you're going to have to correct me, This this idea that there's a gold Buddha inside mm. of us mm. covered in clay mm. And that's about Mm. removing those exterior layers to find our true Mm. child inside. And that was the whole loft philosophy was all around this idea of being free as a child and free to dance and be yourself. Is this something you
1: can identify I can completely identify because unfortunately when you're in a children's home, you're not getting love. You're not getting the hugs. You're not getting any kind Mm. of attention. It's just but well, mine was very horrible and negative and mm. abusive. Mm.
0: I'm sorry so, to hear that. Yeah, no,
1: it's all right. It's maybe who I am today. Exactly. Um, so you do, you look for solace in other mm. places and the, the freedom to go out and do something else, it, 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 it's especially more exciting and, and, and liberating for someone. It's
0: definitely like, it's, I mean, I think a lot of creative people, I mean, I can identify with this as well, like mm. using music and the creative industries to escape into something outside of a, a difficult space. Yeah. And there's a lot of beauty there. Mm. And you know, beauty, freedom, and also finding strength and identifying. There's something really you can't put your finger on it with music, can you? No,
1: because it's just it's just universal. But for for definitely for me, when I found clubs, it, it, I suddenly felt I belong here, I fit in here. Whereas before, I had never fit in anywhere. I didn't feel wanted or or, or loved. So suddenly, you go out and everyone's your friend. And you're in this place, and you can just be here you want. And it's uh, it's very very important. I think people don't really. Is that something I you realise. think you
0: get back from being
1: a DJ as well? Do you think, I guess... and a
0: yoga teacher, the fact that kind of you feeling this this love
1: back from people? I'm <laughs> guess, sorry, we're we I... getting too no, deep. No, no, it's interesting. I guess so, but the funniest thing is I can't. Accept... I didn't
0: mean this to turn into <laughs> a, a, <Therapy> a session. <laughs> session. Sorry, that wasn't my intent. But look, we're here now, so
1: I'm going with it. The thing is, it's like yes, you do get adoration and love, but I struggle with it. Mm. When I when people clap and stuff at the end, you'll find me under the decks. I'll hide. I find it so embarrassing. But, yeah, you're right. It's nice to get that and you, feel... Do,
0: do you not take compliments well either? I don't, know. So if someone says, oh, you look really pretty today. Oh, well, well yeah,
1: that, exactly. yeah. 99% out of 100, if I've done a set, I'll say, oh, that was rubbish. Yeah.
0: It's very self-critical.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. How can... Yeah. Doesn't yoga help you work and all that stuff? It has, I
1: think. I know. I definitely mm. feel I've changed... I'm so much karma. I'm not as hard on myself. I just try to be a little bit more kind, which I keep telling my students be kind to yourself. I
0: think it also comes with, uh, no, I mean, aging, because I know Mm. I'm the same. I think, and I also think a lot of people who get into the clubbing industries Mm. have had, we're all very (laughs) similar (laughs) people. Yeah. (laughs) It's slightly hedonistic. Yeah, littled
1: with. uh, We got our
0: stuff and we have to channel it. We have to channel it through a way that helps us. And I think music dancing and all the other stuff that goes with it is part of it. It is kind of like a therapy, isn't it? Completely. Self-therapy. It is. I mean, there are also, like again, thinking about sort of physical ways to sort of take ourselves out of our bodies through activities. Another one of your loves, which I was quite surprised about, actually, is diving.
1: Mmm. I like being in the sea. Are you qualified? No, I'm not, but I'm going to. My friend actually has just started a free diving place in Ibiza. It's something I've just done naturally, actually, always, and uh, I enjoy being under the water. And I've done scuba diving and snorkeling, but I prefer to be free with nothing. Again, be free, free. Free.
0: See, there's yeah. a bit of a theme going there, on here, isn't, isn't there? there?
1: And it's just absolutely incredible being under the sea and just floating around. And
0: because we've had, um, well, we've had. I've had uh, Colleen Murphy on this yeah. podcast as well. And she talked about swimming mm. and being near water and. Yeah. On boats, yeah, the same kind of thing as well. It's very
1: similar. I mean, funnily enough, all of my apartments where I've lived have been next to the sea or water or river or something. I'm very, very attracted to the to the sea again. Freedom, the ocean, love being on boats out there. It's um, I don't know. I'm Aquarius. What does that mean? Water carrier.
0: <laughs> but you say you also suffer from a bit of claustrophobia. I do, well. which is exactly which I didn't know about until we came <laughs> into, the, to, into the studio today. Um, that comes
1: from being locked in rooms when you're a child. Right, is that where that came from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, in cupboards. Um, well, that's horrendous. Yeah. So
0: obviously that's obviously that's like influenced why you want to be in spaces like yeah. by the water.
1: I struggle with certain things like heights and, and in spaces, but I will put myself in those positions on purpose to try and overcome them. So scuba diving I struggle with a little bit because you're down under the sea and you're there for well, quite a yeah. while. yeah. And I couldn't do that. Oh my God. I did panic a few times, to be honest. I can't.
0: Me, that would be one of the worst yeah, things you could do. Because you can't do. speak
1: either. So you're just there and you uh. to your breath and you're like. <gasps>
0: so, what exactly is the difference between scuba diving and diving? Are we talking about. This, is that the same thing? Or are there a different type of Yeah, diving? scuba
1: diving is when you're, you've are you got oxygen tanks. Right, so that, you, yeah. You go under for 30 minutes or something. So you're down there for quite a while.
0: Is, is that the one you like to do?
1: I like doing that, but it's the free diving. Oh, it's explain as a, what the free diving is, is. The free diving is just massive big flippers and you go down with. Nothing, just, oh, right, you, okay. just you. And that's
0: not with a snorkel? No,
1: no, because you, you'd go... You're and, talking...
0: So I don't, I don't, I don't sorry, really yeah, know. <laughs>
1: Snorkelling, you're on top, of the that's water, on top of the water and you're looking yeah. down. Yeah, but with I know free that, diving, yeah. you just duck dive and you go really quite as far as you can, just holding your breath. So it depends how long you can hold your breath for.
0: So when was the first... Can you remember the first time you did that? Because I know you lived out in Ibiza. Yeah,
1: a I didn't do much in Ibiza, but I've travelled to places like Fiji and, and um, Australia and Belize and stuff like that, where we have got beautiful coral reefs and you can just drop down and spend ages, well, ages, but whatever, four minutes amongst the It fish. feels like ages. It feels before. like ages, yeah. It's a beautiful thing to do. Um, I don't know if you've seen The Big Blue and I I no. love that film. It's a very old film from the 80s when this guy who's a free diver and he's just, in the end, goes off into the ocean because he feels more So
0: there's no there. oxygen, so you just have to go under. You just hold your breath. You just hold your breath, <laughs> yeah. right. What have you seen, like...
1: I mean, take us in there. It's just, it's, if you're by, I mean, a normal free dive in a competition, you don't see anything because you're just in the middle of the ocean. You go down a line. But for me, if you're doing it recreationally, you're seeing coral and fish and and you're not encumbered by lots of equipment, it's just you. So it's beautiful. It's like being in a club. It's UV. If you've ever been under the water, it's stunning. It's um, coral and. Crazy! fish. I
0: have snorkelled on the
1: Barrier Reef once, a long time ago, which was quite
0: scary. It is scary. Barrier Reef. Yeah, but I didn't go under very long. But I did see quite a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, turtles. I've seen sharks. uh, I mean, don't you freak out?
0: I mean, if you're underneath and you see all this stuff coming towards you. Yeah, but
1: it's fine. I mean, the giant cod is quite scary. "Ah!" But they're not going to do anything to you. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Well, I did get like flapped on by a manta ray once. That was quite funny. You did. Yeah, I think they thought I was going to give it some food. just like oh my god
0: i just <laughs> panic it's
1: amazing <laughs>
0: so when you talk about doing this course what do you what would you like to ideally do with the diving i guess
1: i don't know really i guess mm. just to go longer and go down for deeper and just challenge yourself really
0: is there a place you'd really like to go diving that you haven't been to yet
1: i don't know actually i'm um, probably borneo or somewhere like that is it borneo something like that because you can make
0: you could be a professional diver yeah you, you could,
1: could be, be. I did think about it a long time ago, living oh, that life.
0: Because my brother used to dive. He's a marine biologist. Oh, wow. And, he, and when he was a student, I just remember this now. He, When he was a student, he used to hang out by the seafront and go down to collect people's rings and things that he dropped. Yeah,
1: nice.
0: There's a bit of a racket doing that. Oh, I bet. So, you know, if the DJing, <laughs> the yoga doesn't pay off. They, you could Do like, a bit go of diving. and pick up people's watches. Well, funny enough,
1: there's an amazing boat in Turkey that is a dive boat and they, they want me to go and teach yoga on it. Well, that's a go win-win. So you
0: need to, like, teach yoga on it, do some diving and have a DJ on it. <laughs> so then you've got all of it going on there at the same time. That'd be God, great. Thanks. So obviously, there's I mean, all of this, all of your, your love so far are really active. Mm. I mean, is there anything... I know it's not on your list, but can you think about this idea of loving something... An object or a person outside of this romantic relationship.
1: uh, Not an object, but I definitely love dogs. I would love to have a a dog, but you
0: don't have one. I
1: don't because I've always been travelling and and single. And it wouldn't be fair. I'm such a soppy thing that I couldn't look at that poor doggy and just leave it for more than a few hours. To be honest, no, I understand so that. I've got to at least have someone to look after it as well. But I
0: mean, because animals are definitely because we've had I've had Jazzy B on this podcast as well yeah. talking about his tortoise, oh. and he actually welled up in his eyes. <laughs> it's his pers- it's literally his his best friend for like 15, 16 years. Oh, yeah. So you can see how people would because I I'd love a dog as well, yeah. but I mean. Maybe this is a future love that you haven't quite got to. I yet. definitely
1: think so. I, I definitely will have one, but it's got to be the right time, the right place. You know, I wouldn't just have, go willy nilly. Oh, let's just get one and then not be able to no. look after it. Probably.
0: So, if so, what kind of dog would you get?
1: Uh, probably, I don't know. I think I'd just go to a rescue and see which one kind of attracted me the most. But I do like very sort of medium sized dogs. I'd love a little scruffy one.
0: Oh, so sweet. Would you have yeah. what kind of names would you have? I like
1: just simple names, like Frank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Frankie? Frank.
1: I don't know, yeah. I mean... Roger.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's nice to know that we have this possibility of future loves down the line. And mm. it's not so... I mean, the whole point of doing this podcast is to get away from this kind of, like, this heteronormative idea of the this romance narrative that surrounds us yeah. constantly.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's really nice that a lot of the people that have been on this show talk about being active as something that's really important. Mm. And um also like one of your the, one of the next loves that you've um mentioned is trekking. I
1: <laughs> know. You're so active. I know. How well, do you do it? It's not like I'm doing it every day. <laughs> no, it sounds like it though. <laughs> yeah, no. I like walking. It's, so we talk. What's
0: walking? What's the difference between well, trekking, walking and I, trekking? All right.
1: I, I mean, okay, trekking is something that you would go off up in the mountains and do. It for, I always think for of for trekking
0: as being uphill somehow. Yeah,
1: it, I guess it is, isn't it? I've, I mean, the, the biggest one I did. I went to the Himalayas for three weeks. When did you do that? Oh my god! Probably two thousand and eight or oh nine. Oh my god! I didn't know you did that. Yeah, that was epic. I mean, I was so fit at the time because I was kickboxing, so I had all this energy. Oh god, not and all, all activity. More
0: Fuck off. <laughs> I've had enough of you now. You're making me sick. <laughs> oh,
1: God. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. So I went with my boyfriend at the time and he was adamant he wanted to go and trek to Everest. I was like, oh, okay, let's do it. Let's just do it. Cool, let's do it. I don't like heights in the meantime. So we get there and all the planes are cancelled because it's really cloudy and you couldn't get up there. So we spent about five days waiting for this plane. I said, look, let's just go somewhere else. It's fine. So we ended up doing this other trek, which was I'm so happy we did it. It was called the Annanapurna Circuit. And you start very low and it's tropical and you go up through paddy fields. So it was three weeks trekking every single day probably six to eight hours amazing stopping at these little tea houses they're called which is basically a shed with no heating no you slept there you sleep there Mm. freezing freezing cold so you've got Mm. your sleeping bag you take you don't really change your clothes you're the same clothes we had a little sherpa and as it gets on you know higher and higher obviously it's getting colder and less altitude so it's really fucking hard some days I was just like in bits, like, why are we doing this? And the, But you're in this beautiful, stunning, scenic, just mind-blowing. And people that are living there don't have anything. Mm. And they're happy as Larry and they're just so beautiful. And and you just think, God, we're just so small and we just don't need anything. You know, you, you walk for three weeks with just a backpack with a few bits and you think, what else what do I actually need? I've got my legs. You look at where you're going to go and you walk and that's all you do, you walk. It's a bit like Lord of the Rings, this kind of scenic, just dramatic thing. I mean, I had a few wobbles because there were some landslides and you're walking and you're having to walk one foot in front of the other and you're looking down and thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to fall. And, you you know, you, if you did, thank God neither of us got hurt because if we had, I don't know what would have happened because we couldn't afford a helicopter to get us out, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we made it to the summit and it was 5,000 metres away. Oh or whatever. God. Yeah.
0: How long ago was this?
1: I think that was the same. I think it was 2008, nine or something like oh, that. Oh, right. Okay. It was quite, well, I was a bit more younger and fitter then. So how did but, that impact your relationship with him? Well, he proposed to me. What? On the top.
0: He did not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right then. <laughs> oh, i am learning new things about you. That's amazing. I mean.
1: It's very romantic. But at that point, I was like, can we just go down? Because I couldn't even breathe. I had a stinking headache because we had altitude sickness. And going down is he actually he must have up. planned that. Yeah, I think he the did. The whole way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he actually
0: have a ring on him as well?
1: Uh, No, but he's, he was getting it, he said. And yeah, going down is harder than going up because you kind of have to use more muscles to hold yourself.
0: Well, but... didn't you have any arguments during this
1: time? No, oh, we no. didn't. We we just fell in love even more because it was oh such a, an experience to share with someone and to be stripped of everything. And you I know. have
0: to ask, what happened? Why didn't you get married to him?
1: We did. You did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you got yeah, married. It didn't last you. very long. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, people think you know, probably think I'm a bit of a diva or whatever. But I like was roughing it, yeah, roughing it, and it was minus fifty or something on the last two days. Every item of clothing on you can imagine, but this is it was cathartic. It just makes you see yourself in a different light and it's pushing yourself to your limits. It's so how did you
0: change? How did that experience change you then? I mean, obviously, because it's getting away from the material things. And in a way, this is yeah. part of the yoga journey as well.
1: Meditation, it's all part and parcel, isn't it? It made me have a much more appreciation of myself and my strength, my inner strength, and just felt more alive and in touch with everything, yeah. And realising, yeah, I don't need a lot of the stuff that I have.
0: I mean, because we live in a world that does you know, so many material things. Oh it doesn't God!
1: Matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, Even though
0: I did see a nice shirt in the shop down the road, <laughs> so I might have to go and buy it after this. But apart from that, yeah, I know,
1: I know. I do love a shop.
0: So are you gonna have you got? So what other hikes have you done, or any plans? I was in
1: Morocco. We did the Atlas Mountains, which is apparently where Moses had the. Uh, what do you call it? Ten Commandments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was hot. That was a that was quite a heavy duty one. But again, it's just lovely, just walking and seeing stuff. Yeah, well, You
0: must have gone over lockdown. Did you go out walking a lot?
1: <laughs> yeah, not really. No? Not really. I think when we were forced, it was like you're forced to walk. Go out and it's do not, a walk. It's not, it's not the same really, and walking also, around East London. No, and there's hundreds of other people doing it as well. So. Yeah. No, I didn't.
0: So when you're walking on these hikes, what kind of things do you think about? You know, because obviously there's, even if you're with someone, you're, you're, you have quite a lot of silence, don't you?
1: Yeah. I don't know if your mind doesn't really do anything. I just think you're just, it's a bit like meditating, isn't it? You're moving and you're mainly just walking. Especially and
0: just, with these incredible scenes.
1: Yeah. I definitely want to do some Scotland stuff. I love, I've been to like Dover and done some of those and walked along the cliffs. So it is, it's overwhelming, isn't it? When you're yeah. amongst a, a nature like that. Yeah. I'm very, very in touch with nature. I like to be in nature. And I was just saying to my students the other day, you know, we need to walk barefoot because you're picking up the electromagn- energy metro- <laughs> electromagnetic energy from the Earth, which is why when you go to the beach and you oh, I just love walking the sand, it's because you're getting that energy. Right, right. okay, so, so to, yeah.
0: let's go a bit deeper into this, because this is interesting. I don't know anything about this. I'm sure yeah. a lot of the listeners don't either. So tell us what this is. Well, obviously
1: the Earth has got a, a, a energy, and we are part of the Earth, so we, we sort of radiate at the same frequency, and our feet are very sensitive. They've got lots of different places that are sensitive. <laughs> so... <laughs> Walking barefoot is important. I mean, obviously, in the old days, we didn't have shoes. We just mm. walked barefoot. So you're connecting. We know what's going on and you're, you're getting this energy from the earth. It makes you feel happy and calm.
0: But we couldn't really do that walk around
1: London. Not really, but it's good to you know, go to the park, take your shoes off, stand on the It on is the, really
0: or, nice. I, one thing I like about yoga, actually, is being barefoot yeah. is really nice. Yeah. So with the, with the teaching yoga, have you taught any celebrities at all? <laughs> I'm sure I read somewhere that you did do some teaching with some... Some famous people. I can't remember who was oh, I
1: mean, I mean, Nick Clegg used to come to my classes. He did? Oh, you
0: can, surely you
1: could find a better celebrity than that. Exactly. No, I mean, I don't really like to talk about that. Oh, no, people. no, fair enough, fair enough. we lovely, yeah. lovely, Follow me
0: down, deep down, we lovely. Let's talk yes. a bit more about DJing. So you've opened for Grace Jones, is yes. that right? Yes. And you've DJed with Idris Elba, uh, Skunk and Nancy. You've done something with Naomi Campbell. These, I mean, you know, there's a lot of really cool, interesting people. Mm. You've done some stuff with Julian McDonald, mm-hmm. if I'm right. Yep. What has been your favourite experience out of all these kind of collaborations? It must be really flattering when people ask you as well. It's amazing.
1: I mean, Grace Jones was my idol when I was growing up, once I had music. And we had a Grace Jones move in the yoga club. That's right. That's right. Yeah. what that, was
0: that move called in yoga terms
1: um, I don't think it's got a name but it's like Natura Jassana, and that's an like album cool. cover isn't it Great yes. is that, which album is that, it's um it's Island Life Island Life isn't yeah. it yeah I always think of it when I, when I do that pose
0: She was a really important
1: person. She actually. was. I mean, there wasn't many black women doing what she was mm. doing and she had the short hair and I had the short hair and I just thought, oh, this is, I can relate, you know, so I just had her album on repeat. So when she came to London and she was doing a show at The Fridge, I was there yeah, opening for her there. So how did
0: that happen? Did I don't know, actually. I've,
1: I've got no idea It this happened to happen. Years, years later, she came to Ibiza and did a show there and I went back to see her. And she remembered me, and she was just like, yeah, 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 you were so cool. And we ended up having the crazy night out. With her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a nutter. <laughs> she's so lovely. Um, so that was, I mean,
0: uh, my, meeting one of your icons, that must have been what was it like when you were first introduced to her? You must have been I terrified, was absolutely
1: bricking it. And she's I quite short,
0: isn't she? She's about the
1: same as me. I thought, she? I think maybe tiny should be short. Yeah, you think she's this giant, and she's not, she's no. probably about five, eight, but um, I don't really get starstruck. I don't care who you are, but yeah. for her, I, I was like. Oh my
0: God. I think my hands would have been all sweaty or yeah. i said something. Recently. Well,
1: like I was actually um, sober for two and a half years. I didn't drink at all. I just had a little break and um, I got into a dressing room. and She had about 20 bottles of Cristal. She's oh. like, Would you like a drink? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, go on then. <laughs> so I broke my sobriety with Grace Jones over a glass of oh, Cristal. I think it Cristal. had to be done, really. It had to be done and oh yeah that was a you know that was a high point being flown to prague for daniel craig's uh, rap party for and Christina pretty, role, that that was a pretty, pretty good impressive. one yeah that was amazing those those are the kind of things that make the job really kind of Well, it's great to look back on, isn't it, as well? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and you've met some nice... um, You must have made some good friends during this journey as well.
1: I think so. I mean, it's one of those jobs that you don't really get to hang out with people that often, but when you do something, maybe get to a festival and you all hang there and you can kind of be together, it's lovely. I mean, some of the other DJs are are so lovely and we all got the same experiences and, you know, it's... um,
0: I mean, do you think, like, like, looking back to your three-year-old self in the little ballet class, (laughs) with the little pink tutu... (laughs) And you would you like would you ever ever thought that this little girl would have
1: done all those things? No, not at all. I mean, I have very low confidence for a long time in my childhood and my teens, so it, it was a struggle. I was very shy even when I started to DJ, which was I used to always hide behind the deck. So it's been a long old journey. So do you
0: think shyness is part of being a DJ as well?
1: Possibly because Well, back in the day, you were in the corner in the dark. No one was looking at you, were you? So you could just hide away and do your thing. And suddenly, even now, I hate it when they put me on a stage. I don't want to be there up in front of everyone. That's not the point. because
0: Colleen uh, Cosmo says the same thing. She doesn't like being at the forefront. And they
1: put a big light on you. And I always say, take that off. (laughs) Take it off. Yeah, no, that's quite cringe. Yeah, it's like so you're not doing it, anything.
0: It's like with those kind of gigs, do you get a bit of an, an, performance anxiety. I don't because
1: I mean I'm happy to dance around yeah. and do it. It's fine once I get there, but I, that's not I, that's not for me. I'd rather be in the corner, yeah, you know, or whatever.
0: Because there is something about I because I think I can relate to that as well. Like this idea of hiding behind the decks a little mm. bit. It's a little safe space. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You find your little spot, and you don't have to speak or anything. I I struggled with speaking before as well, but that's all right now.
0: Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're, you're I mean, that's why I inter- I've interviewed you so many times now, because you, you're a great person to interview. Because <laughs> I know it's going to always be interesting yeah. and you're very open. Mm. So, apart from Grace Jones, um, who else did you look up to when you were growing up? I know you did. Was Naomi Campbell another kind of icon person for you? No. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not really. I mean, she's I great. She's good to say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just be honest, that's fine. No. Oh come on! I have to ask Idris Elba DJing with Idris Elba. that oh, must bless have been him. fun. Yeah,
1: I was very excited to to meet him. He's lovely, isn't he? He's so tall. Is I, he as
0: tall as he? He's tall.
1: Looks. Oh my God, he's this really big, massive, lovely. Is
0: man. it? But let's get to the the basics. Is he a good DJ? No offense, Idris, if you're watching this yeah, I mean, I listening to this. I think rather. he's good.
1: He's got he's got his passion for it, yeah. He's got mm. his thing going and he loves it. He lo- like properly loves it. You can I mean tell. he does take
0: the piss out of himself as well. Does he? About the whole thing. Oh right,
1: okay. Yeah, at least he's
0: got a good sense of humour. Yeah. So one thing you did also put on your list of things that you love is eating. And that's something that we can all relate to. So why did that end up on your list?
1: I good question. I I guess I can be a bit of a comfort eater so it, it really makes me happy eating it,
0: food it, it gives the same pleasure it comes from the same part it of does doesn't it so that's probably
1: why yeah and it's not even like i have to sit down to a meal with people Go, with my family like no i'm happy on my own eating <laughs> I get this from the TV I, of i'm obsessed why. about it it's like I look forward to breakfast in the morning. I, I don't know. It's bizarre. It, it really does make me... You
0: just me... said that you've lost quite a lot. You've lost a <laughs> yeah. lot of weight. So how, have you been forced to not eat as much? Yeah,
1: unfortunately, I seem to have a bit of IBS. So I I've, I've, I've seem to have problems digesting a lot of things. So at the moment, it, it's just fish and salad I'd be able to eat pretty much. It's a bit boring.
0: So when you're, when you're able to eat, what are your go-to love snacks?
1: I love Asian food mostly. I like all kinds of sort of spicy stuff noodles and curries and i like indian food as well yeah i just anything so would you really, cook this yourself i or would order cook it in? most of the time i'll cook myself and it's usually asian or it's fish I, mean, I love my desserts are my downfall
0: okay let's talk desserts then what is it
1: Stodgy as hell like sticky
0: toffee pudding sticky toffee
1: pudding and custard oh i my love God. christmas pudding cake Banana bread, I mean, all of it, I just love it. It reminds me of being at school, I used to love school dinners, oh, school there's dinners. desserts, like the well, roly-poly, oh my god,
0: roly poly. Roly poly oh my god, I haven't heard that in a while. Spotted dick. Oh yes, yeah,
1: spotted dick, what's <laughs> no. a name
0: for a pudding? I oh, don't know,
1: but this is, I used to live for that stuff.
0: So do you bake then yourself? I don't,
1: you know what, when I was, um, I was a vegan for ages, a long time ago, and I, I got into cooking all this kind of... Brand. Oh,
0: I'm sorry to the vegans out there, but it's not quite. It just
1: just got a bit ridiculous, and I used to bake a bit there, but I don't at all. No, no, I just go. So, what's
0: your favourite cake then? I might have to go and get some cake after this. Yeah,
1: if it's a proper good carrot cake, the really full on one with the massive bits of icing on the top. Mm, Yeah,
0: delicious. Well, the thing is, you need all this cake to get you through (laughs) the yoga, the dancing, the diving, and the trekking. So, excuse me, but I think it's absolutely fair enough. But what is like, we all have like our horrible, dirty, horrible snacks that we probably wouldn't (laughs) admit to anybody. What's yours? Don't think I
1: do. You You must have one, you're lying. A dirty snack? Mm. If
0: you're at home, you know, in front of the telly. You're tired. What have you got any like bad snacks that you like? Do you know what?
1: Honestly, I You don't, don't. <laughs> It would be a chocolate bar. Oh,
0: that's really that's not that bad. Mine is disgusting. It's it? rivita, which sounds healthy, but with peanut butter on the top, and then mayonnaise on it. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I hate peanut butter as well. That sounds disgusting. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's really nice.
1: Wowza. Okay. If
0: you're a bit stoned as well, if you've got munchies, that's that's. Kind of like. <laughs> or a crisp sandwich.
1: Yeah, as a, yeah, a teenager, I used to do a crisp sandwich, but... No, not bad.
0: So what's next for you now? I mean, <laughs> Hopefully getting
1: back to work, to getting back behind the decks, you know. I would like to do a yoga retreat. Ah, a yeah, retreat. That's that, a good idea. Where yeah. do you do that? No, I don't know because of obviously the restrictions mm. and people are so unsure. I don't want to sort of set something up and then no, no, we can't do it so I'll probably leave it till next year now but I've got a lovely place in Cornwall that I want to use.
0: If you see this utopia of 2022 <laughs> yeah. what, does it, what does it look for you? So yoga retreats, what else?
1: Yeah, yoga retreats, some more yoga discos, lovely DJ gigs, carry on teaching the yoga, maybe moving somewhere hot.
0: Because <laughs> we know. have to manifest these things, yeah. don't we? Yeah, I know. So it's 2022, things are going to all these yeah. things are going to happen. Doggy. And a dog called yeah. Frank.
1: Yeah, maybe, depending on what it looks like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's been lovely having you here today. Oh, thank you. And uh, thanks very much. We're lovely. Yeah. we
1: yeah. Follow me down. Deep down, we're lovely.
0: Okay, well, we finished.
1: That's oh, really good. Oh, thanks, love.
0: You've been listening to Where Love Lives with me, Lulu LeVay. My special guest has been the fabulous Joe Joseph, otherwise known as Smoking Joe. This podcast was recorded at the Slick Studios at Soho Radio and was edited and produced by me. Do follow me, don't be shy, at Dr Lulu LeVay. I'd love to hear what you think of this podcast and share with me the things you also love outside of romantic relationships. There could well be a podcast special featuring you guys somewhere down the line remember to subscribe like comment and all that jazz share with your friends and remember i love you
1: we're lovely lovely. follow me down